0: Welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, a weekly podcast for BJJ enthusiasts who are striving to succeed both on and off the mats. This podcast is brought to you by Robless makers of the world's finest custom jujitsu jitsu apparel. And here are your hosts on the Jujitsu jitsu of Life, Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui.
1: I didn't even wish you a Happy New Year. Did I wish oh, you a Happy New Year? Happy New Year to you. I don't know if you do. We got so I don't, distracted. You know, I, don't, I don't feel... You know, this is not to, um, excuse myself, but I don't feel like I have to wish you a happy new year. I feel like, uh, you and I are, are two very fortunate and blessed guys. And I, I honestly, um, I spend enough time to, to, to feel like I really know you and I really yeah. know your life. It's, uh, you know, n- not just my perception of you, but what really is. And, and, um, you're a very fortunate and blessed and happy. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and, uh, I feel the very same way about myself, but I think 2022, I just, you know, I'm optimistic for it. Yeah. And I think this is, uh, you know, before we started the recording, we were talking about, you know, what are we going to do to make sure we continue to not just be happy in 2022, but, you know, to reevaluate habits, mindsets, um, because it's a constant growth and learning, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I wrote down, uh... What I'm gonna do in 2022 because it rhymed, and I was like, <laughs> I had to go for it. But uh, yeah, we talked about the idea of of pursuing happiness and how a lot of times people look at happiness as this: you have to do other things, and therefore you will get to happiness indirectly. It's like if I make a certain amount of money, if I look a certain way, if I can bench press a certain amount, if I get my jujitsu black belt, if I do that, like whatever this thing is, then I will be happy and it's kind of weird because people don't look at other goals like that like if you said like what if one of the goals of 2022 was like i want to be happy this year i want to be the happiest i've ever been in my life and you made that one of the goals that you pursue like what would happen you know what i mean because it's like we said all these other things and sometimes the goal might not even be the goal the goal might be if i get this goal It'll give me twenty more points towards happiness, and when I hit that hundred points, I've reached happiness. And it's like it, it doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. And yet, because we you know, we see it all the time, some of the most successful people in the world at whatever it is are like miserable people. And I think a lot of it has to do with maybe people are not setting the correct goals. And well, you know, you give a real
1: great example about walking the dogs this morning in freezing weather. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, the thing about that is that I think, and people are going to probably get upset when they hear me say this, because I know I was one of the people that got upset when I read this, but if you want to be happy, I think that's a flaw in and of itself. I think you need to be happy, right? Like don't want to be happy because wanting suggests in the future, yeah. When the future is not here, so again, you're going to be fantasizing of what your idea of happiness in the future is. Yeah. When the future may or may not even come, it's just a matter of being happy. Yeah. So if you were just being happy, it is independent of you having anything more than what you have right now. Yeah. What you have right now is enough and it's outside and disconnected from happiness because happiness is an internal thing. It's a state of mind. It's yeah. outside of being rich or poor even healthy and sick.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and to me, a great, again, I go back to COVID, because if you think about, like you said, having everything you have and and having that be enough, you can sometimes realize that when when something's taken away. And and to me, a big one is just freedom. Because I talk to people who live in California, and they don't have the same amount of freedom as people here in Texas do, just in terms of like, you know, being able to go to the store and not wearing a mask or, or being able to, you know, kind of open your business or do different things that, you know, for the most part in Texas, you've been able to do for the last, well, forever, just with a, a minor blip for a couple months. And, you know, I, I look at stuff in, uh, I looked at Faraz Zahabi showing a video, he lives in Quebec in Canada, and all of Canada has a curfew now, again, so you can't leave your house from 10 in the, 10 at night till five in the morning or something like that. Like these are adults. These aren't kids that got caught smoking pot or anything like that. These are like adults paying taxes and stuff like that. And they can't leave their house. And, you know, I'm sure a few years ago when someone was sitting around bored or like somewhere they don't want to be, oh, this is miserable. Like you're taking that freedom for granted. But then all of a sudden when it's taken away, especially when it's taken away and you haven't done anything, Like, it's a different story when you break the law or do whatever, and there are consequences. Well, that's that's a different set of lessons to learn. But the idea of, like, you know, all of a sudden you just are not able to do what you like to do. Like, Like, so my wife was supposed to go to a conference tomorrow in L.A. And first off, it was like they already had mask mandates in all of California. So it's like, can you imagine being in a conference, like like crowded whatever conference and everyone's wearing a mask and you can't hear what anyone's saying anyway in these things. And now you can't even read lips or whatever like that. It's already like a miserable experience. Plus you got a fly wearing a mask, which is also just a miserable, stupid experience. And then um, all the Omicron stuff started and people just started dropping out of this conference, like left and right. Like, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. Then this person gets COVID and that person gets COVID. And soon enough, she just decided yesterday it was like the the one last person that was sort of a reason to go. He got COVID. He's not going. She's like, I'm not going to go. So it's like, you know, this whole thing that people took for granted for years and years, this conference has been going on for 20 plus years. All of a sudden, for the last two years, it hasn't happened at all. And, you know, the amount of money that somebody has spent, the guy who runs it has invested already hundreds of thousands of dollars for it to happen this year. And it looks like it's probably not going to happen at all. Or if it does, it's like a very sort of skeletal version of it. And, you know, maybe years before he was bummed out because it didn't grow as fast or wasn't this or wasn't that. Now all of a sudden it's like, it's not happening at all. Um, so if you were expecting to have happiness, if it got a little bit bigger, then it's already looking at it the wrong way because it's like, they're, they're, it's 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 two separate goals. I really think that the, the problem is is that people look at success and anything leading to happiness versus trying to become successful at being happy. And I think the fear is that if you work on being happy, then that means that you're not working on being successful because we all know people that claim to be happy and that money doesn't matter. And maybe there are some people that are like that. But the people that make a big deal about not money not meaning something to them and that they're happy, usually they're trying to convince somebody that they actually believe that. I think they're usually trying to convince themselves that they actually believe it and they're saying it to you.
1: Yeah, a lot of times um, I was writing the other day and I said, if you're a person that says money is not important and yet you can you say that you have if you're a person that says that money is not important and yet you have a job which you worry about losing every day, you're simply virtue signaling.
2: Yeah, 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 I I think so, too. And I I don't know, because I I am. It actually is one of my goals, like in terms of this year um, is to really analyze all my beliefs ever since we started talking about the socratic method i've been questioning a lot of my beliefs and like do i really believe this and questioning a lot of my self-perceptions and- well let me ask you this i mean so first of all you
1: know like starting with you know what i i think before you start to go down this journey about like how to be happier in 2022 right yeah. you have to have some sort of understanding of what happiness is to you yeah and that's a very subjective thing yeah. right like what happiness is to me can be can be something completely different from you and it probably is yeah and so before you can even start this journey you need to have some sort of idea in your mind of what it's going to take for you to be happy here's the thing that i've been really Well, I was telling you before the show, right? Like whenever something important or profound has happened in my life, whether it's I learned jujitsu and boxing, I would always try to push that upon people that I love and care about because I love and care about them and I want them to be as happy and as impacted as I was. So obviously anyone I see and I uh, have a chance, I'll try to sell them on boxing and jujitsu because it has had such a great impact on my life. Not only has caused me to be successful, and professional area because of the things that I've learned, the lessons that I've learned on the mat inside the ring. But um, it's also created an enormous amount of happiness for me. And I'm realizing now that a lot of those people that I try to preach it to, I mean, I thank them for being so patient with me and not just saying, hey, can you shut up about jujitsu and boxing already? Because I understand that that was the path for me, right? And not necessarily for them. In addition to that, one of the things that I look back on now and it's kind of a cringe, is kind of cringe for me, as they say, is um, when I was starting my journey on financial independence uh, back in 2015. I remember anyone that would sit down and would listen, and a lot of people they only listened because they were friends and family, and they were considerate and loving towards me, and that's what the cringe part is, right? Like I'm looking back now, and and I wish they would have just said, hey. I'm here to visit with you, but can you just please stop talking about money? But because money had such a great impact on my life, I wanted to share it with everybody else, right? And what I'm realizing now is that that may not be the path for everybody else. And when you really think about it, there is not a, I don't think there is a possession, something that you can possess that is going to create happiness in your life, right? Right. I think that really happiness is a state of mind. Now, what is, that state of mind. And what I mean by that is, is it possible to be in a concentration camp and to still find happiness? Is it possible to be in prison and still find happiness, right? If the answer to that question is yes, then happiness really is a state of mind, a matter of how you perceive things. And that is something completely outside of being rich, being poor, being sick, or being healthy.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, and there's, there's obviously, uh, you know, you could say life is beautiful. The, uh, the movie about the concentration camp, and then maybe something like Shawshank Redemption for prison. You know, both movies about people finding some type of happiness, some type of hope in those situations. Um, I think there's always the fear that people wanna, they don't wanna seem naive. Like the idea of being happy is almost like being naive, like this, this type of thing. So people would rather be, but I think it's almost like happiness is kind of the ballsier thing to go for because people don't want to admit they're happy or they're going to claim to be happy when they're really not happy. And to sort of try and achieve the goal of happiness, that's something that most people don't really have the guts to even admit they're trying to do. Because it's like, you know, you can fail at something. You can fail at something financial, you can fail at something, you know, look in a certain way or whatever it might be. And it's like, okay, but, you know, a lot of people fail at that and, and there's plenty of commiserating. But if you're like, I'm going to try and be happy and then you fail at it, it's like then people look at it as sort of ridiculous. And then if you do achieve happiness... But I
1: want you know, to, can you, I, I understand what you mean. And and I, and I because I I actively do that but can you even try to be happy or can you just be happy right like in the present because again trying implies future right and it implies something that's that's not
2: that's not real Yeah. yeah that's a good see that's this i think is really more the core of the question because it's like this involves a lot of personal insight and just sort of analyzing like what gives me happiness and you know or it's like how do i Put my state myself into the state of happiness as often as possible, or as consistently as possible. And what are the things that help me do that? Sort of what are the routines, or what are the the disciplines, or or whatever it is. Um, that's that's I think the real question that people should ask themselves. That's something that I'm asking myself as well. Uh, a lot lately is trying to figure out, you know, what are the things that I can do consistently that lead well, this me happiness. To the we'll
1: happiness. see that. Yes. A hundred percent. And I want to hear what some of those exercises are for you. And I know you and I probably have some independent exercises that we try to because that was one of the goals. I think when you and I, we we connect so well, because, you know, for us, financial independence was a road to happiness because yeah. we knew that by buying that the, the the greatest asset we could accumulate would be our time. Yeah, and the way to get your time, you know, to buy back more time is to be financially independent. And what this allowed is the opportunity to have that inner reflection on the things that will make us happier and yeah. and doing those exercises to to self improve. But can happiness happiness can only exist in the present, right? Like it can't exist some in in the future. Yeah. It can only exist in the present.
2: Yeah. yeah. So
1: if it can only exist in the present, then you sort of have to be able to understand that happiness is outside any sort of possession, yeah. right? It's here yeah. and now what you have, no matter where you're at. Yeah. And so what are some exercises that you do?
2: That's a, I, you know, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, cause I don't, there's a lot of different things that I do, but it's, I guess the thing that I'm doing is questioning all of those things, and saying, "Are these all leading to this goal, or is this stuff that I'm doing to appear a certain way? You know what I mean? Like, is this stuff that I'm really doing for me, or is this something I'm doing so that I can say that I'm doing it? That kind of thing. Um, that being said, for me, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is is getting the the confidence to realize that I will have to figure out things on the fly. And I always have, and it's always worked. Um, rather than having preconceived notions of how something should be. And when I have the confidence to do that, I find a. I think that is finding happiness for me, because then it is being in the moment. And I will give you an example that happened today, because it is only the second day of the year. So off to a good start so far. Um, so the last like few weeks I've been wrestling Reed, like he and I are the, like usually the only, we, it was just him and me this morning that showed up for training and I was watching some videos beforehand and, you know, some different techniques and I'm thinking like, Oh, maybe I'll try this and try that. And I was like, no, I'm not going to think about it that way because as I'm thinking about what I should try, I'm already not in the moment. I'm just going to go in there be in the moment, and whatever opportunities will appear, will appear. And having the confidence that I can do that. Now, obviously, Reed is a much better wrestler. He's being nice. Um, So there's a degree of falsity to that. But within the confines of that, um, I found like there was certain things where I was like, okay, I figured that would probably happen. There was other things where I was like, wow, that was a little bit unusual. And there was a couple things where I'm like, That is the last thing in the world I ever thought I'd be able to pull off. And it was just recognizing the opportunity when it was there in that moment. And a lot of that was just having the confidence to be like, I'll know it when I see it, or I know it when I feel it and being confident that that will happen, because that is very antithetical to the way that I've been throughout most of my life on most things. I'm not saying it's against my nature, because maybe Maybe this truly is my nature and I've been denying my nature. I don't know, but it was And, and that. I mean, that's
1: another way of, of, I mean, that's another way of saying like, that's almost describing faith to a certain degree.
2: It really is. You know, I, I think about, I, I think about that a lot, you know, I think about that because um, that's what faith is, right? It's, it's
1: knowing something it's, it's believing in something and knowing something um, will turn out a certain way yeah. Without having any like true evidence of it, yeah, I guess and I, physical I think, evidence
2: of it, and I think that's you know, there's here's something where I know there's been study after study showing that people that have faith, people of religious faith, are far and away happier people than people who don't, far and away, it's not even close. Um, that makes sense to me, really, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's and and I and I believe that because I think that, um and again, there's the cynical, like not wanting to appear naive thing. And and I can feel that um, that conditioned cynicism that I have, like always wanting to like creep in and be like, oh, come on, man. that's just done. There's being naive. You're being like, you know, like it's a weird thing where it's almost like you'd rather be right than have faith in something. So by not having faith in anything, you end up being right. Like you want to create a cynical possibility. So you almost sabotage happiness and then be like, oh, see, didn't work out. Told you. You know, it's like this weird thing of like, it's like almost having fancy faith.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, you can't be disappointed if you don't expect anything good to happen, right?
2: Yeah. So it's, and it's, you know, there's just little things like, um, I get so uptight about time because, you know, I mean, you and I both, I always look at things as like the clock is ticking, especially now, as I'm getting older, getting closer to 50, I'm like, okay, I think I got like 15 more good years or or however many, you know, type of good years left. Um, so I get uptight about waiting, about things like that. But I realized if you want to think about quality, like one of the worst killers of quality is stress. And being uptight about time being wasted causes enormous amounts of stress, makes you feel like you're a victim of the clock and makes you miserable. And so here's another example from yesterday, the first day of the year, um, wife and I decided we went and looked at a friend's house. A friend of hers is building a house and she's like, yeah, the contractor said it's gonna be done by the end of the month. And I'm like, no, it's not, but she knows it's not. So, but but it was, but it was interesting to see, you know, house being built in Austin. And then my wife's like, let's get hot chocolates. And then let's get Indian food at this place to go. And so, um, we're i thought about just going into the starbucks and getting the hot chocolate but i'm like man everyone's getting annoying about masks and i just don't want to like feel like a dick but i refuse to cave in but i don't feel like causing a scene either you know what i mean so i'm like we'll just do the drive-through and i order the food and it's gonna be ready in like 20 minutes and it's like a couple minutes away from the starbucks and so i'm just sitting there and it's like taking forever taking and i'm getting more and more annoyed but then part of me is like you know what's gonna happen food's gonna be ready right when you're ordering your 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 hot chocolate that's gonna be there you're gonna walk in the guy you know who i don't even have to say what he just waves he knows who i am he's gonna give me the food like it's all gonna work out well and it was like this battle back and forth between the oh god just so slow like that part of me and then the part of me is like it's gonna work out all right and it did work out all right and i wasn't Well, let able me to- ask
1: you this though what
2: like so you had this fantasy in your
1: head of what working out all right was yeah. what if it didn't turn out the way you thought it was going to turn
2: out i know. see that and that's that's the thing that's where like having faith it's like hard for somebody like me to have faith because it's like yeah what if it doesn't then I'm. well what if faith is just believing that things are working out the way they're supposed to work out that's the, probably the next step That's where I got to That's that's the next step for me. And that's that's part of that pursuit of happiness is is really embracing that and then going back to having the confidence to know that you'll figure it out as it works out as it should. And that's like I I really think that is the the crux of what this year is is about for me, is that like having faith because there's a sort of confidence that you have to have with faith, which is you have faith. There's a certain confidence to that because it's like i'm betting on you know this is the this is the hill i'm dying on you know or whatever you want to say and it's like but there's a certain freedom in that too because then you're like in a way it's in god's hands it's in the universe's hands or however you want to look at what sort of having faith means and then that that's like a huge burden relief you know what i mean because it's almost like now Something that I keep thinking is up to me, even though it's not up to me, is officially no longer up to me. And being okay with that and having the confidence to be like, and it'll work out the way it's supposed to. And I will figure out that situation, that scrambly situation in a fight where it's like every time you're in a fight, the situation is different. But if you have faith in your ability to recognize the opportunities as they appear then it's almost like, okay, I enjoy fighting because I recognize the opportunities. And I
1: think at that point, you are living in the moment. Because the moment you have the faith to understand that things are going to work out the way they are supposed to work out, not how you think they are supposed to work out. You stop living in the future. You stop living in the past. You just let life come as it comes.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that is is not something that I've... It's certainly something I've considered before, like in terms of like oh I should do this or whatever, but it's never been something that I've written down as like a priority. Um in terms of I'm going to I'm just I'm going to do this and I and I don't know where it leads and I don't have I don't know, like like being okay with that is is uh it'll be an interesting step and I feel like that's but that's Well I
1: think the next step and I think this is the step is really just it's never going to stop, right? Like, you're always going to be, Naval talks about this in an interview he does, that prior to a, the interview, he was getting ready to go to the interview. And while he's getting ready to do the interview, or you know, as he's getting ready, he's brushing his teeth. And as he begins to brush his teeth, he begins to fantasize about the possible questions that are gonna be asked at the podcast. Yeah. And he starts giving all the possible answers because deep down his ego didn't want him to look stupid. Right. And he finally catches himself and he's like, why can't I just brush my teeth? Like, what does it really matter if I look stupid? Yeah. We're all going to go to zero anyway when we die. And in three generations, nobody will remember me anyway.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That may be a grim way of looking things, but I also think it's a very. I think it's a I think it's also a, um, very f- uh, freeing in a lot of way. It, it you know, is. When you when you understand
2: that. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, because I I texted you the other day and I was like, I finally just took the leap or whatever and just finally like deleted all my social media because I've talked about how I don't like it. Um, And then I I was just like, okay, but I don't want to be one of these people that like there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, I never go on whatever it is. I mean, did you see this post the other day? Did you see this? I'm like, I thought you never went on this. You know, I mean, it's like this weird thing where no one (laughs) there's there's some people that are like, I can't. I'm addicted to Facebook. I can't get enough of it. But then there's so many people that are like, well, you know, I just, every once in a while, you know, five, six times an hour, look at it, but that's it. I was like, I just, at, <laughs> at a certain point, I'm like, um, I have a pretty good track record of quitting certain things and, and being able to stick with quitting certain things. And I'm just like, you know what? Um, because I, I re-examined my whys for doing a lot of things, like, you know, the things that I was quote unquote out there for out there in the world were for jujitsu and for like real estate basically and i i I started questioning well why do i have like jujitsu videos out there like what is my what is my reason for wanting to put myself out there and when i no longer could come up with a reason or no longer had the same reason that i did before um it was very easy to just take everything down with that and when i did the same thing with real estate i'm like why don't i have like videos on selling mobile homes? Or why do I have this or that? Like, why? Like, is is it truly my intent to help people? Or is it truly like, I wanted to look like I knew something? Or was it just a marketing thing to get more leads? Or, or, or what was it? And does this fit in my life now? And, and it didn't. So- and were you able to
1: answer that question? I mean, let me ask you this. Are there people out there? Do you believe that are on social media? And that their true intent, do you believe, is to help people, or do you believe that?
2: You know, here's my twenty twenty two answer. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't That's know what they think. I mean and, and it's I just
1: what was the answer for yourself? What was the answer for yourself? When when you when you look back at the videos that you did, because you've you've done lots of videos for jujitsu yeah. and mobile home investing yeah. and investing in general. Yeah. Were they to help people or were they not?
2: I don't, they might've, that might've been what I told myself at the time. I don't know how true that was, but I know it's not true now. Like I I know for me now, it just doesn't really, it doesn't serve any purpose um, in my life now. And I think also, I guess the reality is, especially when in the world of YouTube, for anybody who's been around and watched YouTube videos for a long time, Years ago, YouTube was just basically like crappy camera, crappy audio, whatever. And then at some point, it became a profession, and all of a sudden, you were competing with professionals. Like this is what people and there's people do. that do it better, right? They do it great, and they make you know <laughs> that I are saying I, the same I, thing, yeah, or better. <laughs> that's the thing. I started looking around, and I was like, because there was a time where I really thought that I was a great jiu-jitsu instructor and that I knew a ton about jiu-jitsu. And as time has gone on, um, I started doubting that. And then at a certain point, um, it didn't matter whether it was true or not because it no longer was something that I needed to feel defined me or anything like that. So I was like, okay. And then I started looking at some of the videos. I'm like, there's so much outstanding information out there now that I can't compete with this. and And I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with just exiting completely and not – it's just not who it's not who I am. Maybe it's not who I, I ever was. I don't know. Like I can't. I'm not going to go back and try and remember how I thought about something because that becomes tricky too. Because it's always like, oh, well, I said this, but I didn't really mean. It. Maybe I did. Maybe, I don't. I don't know. You know what I mean? So, and the same thing with investing. Um, you know, that I think is a little here because I don't know. I think that the the chicanery in the investing world is a lot more than in jiu-jitsu because jiu-jitsu you really can't fake versus investing people they can really come up with a lot of stories that may or may not be true but um, but yeah it was it was very freeing to just be like you know what I'm no longer like I no longer see myself as somebody who wants to be out there like that and then I just thought about it more I'm like why am I not taking this the next step and just getting rid of all social media because I agree with all the negative things people say I have a lot of things I want to do and explore this year. And a lot of it does have to do with happiness and and really figuring out what that is means for me. And, um, you know, how do I be that more often? Um, and none of that is contained with Instagram or Facebook that much. I'm a hundred percent sure. So I was like, all right, so let me just take the step because then it was like, it was right on new year's day. I'm like, this is a nice way to start the year. And so I did. And then I was like Facebook and their infinite wisdom. They're like, okay, we'll delete this at the end of the month. <laughs> like they, they don't even, they're like, we give you four weeks to just decide. You're I'm probably sure.
1: probably going to change your mind. Yeah. That's, that, I'm sure like, your
2: mind. I haven't started getting it yet, but I'm sure I'll start getting the emails like, hey, guess what so-and-so. We hate to see you leave. Yeah. Oh, I hate to see it. It's <laughs> terrible. So, so yeah, man. Yeah. It's been, it's been, Um. I don't know, like because I, I think that, You know, I have a whole set of professional goals, too, and financial goals and all that kind of stuff for this year as well. But um, it was important for me to delineate between the doing these and feeling a certain way versus this. And like that's
1: the thing where I'm at now is I don't feel like goals are going to create happiness. Like goals are super important because they may create purpose and fulfillment. Sure. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah
1: but not necessarily happiness because the goals are off in the future. Whereas happiness is something that's in the present.
2: Yeah. And it's, uh, to me, it's almost, there's like this weird thing of, it's almost like this guilt of being happy because it's like, I feel like you see so many sort of miserable people around you. And it's like, if you're just like walking around being happy during the day, especially, I feel as especially like during working hours, it feels like it's mm-hmm. almost like sacrilegious of like, how dare I walk around with a smile? You like,
1: know, I've said that so many times. People will call me that I haven't spoke to in a while. And I always hesitate when they ask me how things are going. Yeah. Because some of them actually want to talk to me about, because we have good friendships and they want to talk to me about the things that are going on in their lives. They're not going the way they want them to go. Yeah. And I can hear it. Yeah. So I'm almost hesitant that when they ask me, hey, Mo, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm hesitant to say, yes. man, <laughs> life is really good, yeah. <laughs> right? Because I don't want to make someone feel bad. Yeah. I do have two exercises that I've been attempting. Oh, what do you got? That um, I'm hoping, and they have, you know, when you really sit back and, and look at them, I mean, they have uh, helped me be more happy in the present. If, well, that's the only, again, that's the only place to be happy, right? Yeah. But- Uh, One of them is a lot of what I do is I I am someone that reads into things a lot. Mm. And so someone can say something, someone can do something, and I'll read into why did they say that to me or why did they do that to me, Yeah, right? And here's what my exercise is now, is that if I don't truly know 100% why they said it or why they did it, I will not fantasize about why I think they said it yeah. or why I think they did it. Because that fantasy never ends for me. It goes on for weeks and yeah. weeks and weeks. And it turns out most of the time, not even to be true on why they said what they said or why they did what they did. Yeah. So now, as soon as I realize, look, I don't know really why they said this. And that's the that's the truth. And I don't really know why they did this. And that's the truth. Then I let it go yeah. and I'm back in the present um yeah and that seems to have been working for me so far I like that. so i'm, I'm going to try that more and more you know but there's this idea of enlightenment right and man i think that that's something that i hope most people can learn quicker than i did that there is no such thing there is no such thing that one day you're just going to get it and yeah. be happy yeah. all the time yeah. happiness is a state of mind and what I can tell you is, is that happiness, I believe, exists in the present. And the bad things that happen to you, they're immediately in the past, right? Like, as soon as I call you a name, yeah. and it, let's say it hurts your feelings because we're good friends, and yeah. if some a stranger called you something, it wouldn't really matter, but if a good friend calls you something and, and, yeah. and you really care about what that person thinks of you, then it's probably gonna hurt, right? but as soon as i say it and as soon as it hurts now it falls into the past so now it just becomes a matter of reliving the experience how often are you reliving the experience how often are you going back and remembering the terrible thing that i said to you that's causing you pain right and so we basically we punish ourselves because we can't let go of these bad experiences we continue to relive them over and over and over again i mean you and i have talked countless of times about people that have cut us off in traffic and how we just fantasize about being able to find that person and what we would say to them and what we would do to them uh, if we were to ever find them. But all we're doing is prolonging the pain and the suffering that that experience caused us. So pain is never in the present. It's always in something that just happened and is now in the past. And it becomes a matter of learning to let go of those things quicker. So I think it's a matter of just being aware is the next step, aware of when these things are happening, aware of when you're fantasizing about what something means. And once you recognize that you are going into this fantasy land, letting it go, right? One exercise that I do, and I got this actually from, uh, it's kind of, uh, I I almost don't want to say the book, man, but I, I, you know, I, I did take Uh, One exercise from the book and it's really worked for me. It's by Eckhart Tolle. It's called the power of now Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the whole book is about the present and look man. There's been like multi-millions of people that have read the book and 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 um, Have gotten a lot from it but there's this one particular exercise when you're going into the Past or going into the future of how do you pull yourself back into the present Mm -hmm. and it's super simple but I really love it, because especially for things like um, sports, where you start to fantasize about, like, um, I had a, a friend recently that reached out to me, and their son plays collegiate baseball. And when they would go up to uh, hit, you know, when they, would, when they would go up to bat, uh, their mind would start fantasizing about what would happen, what would not happen, and they wouldn't be completely in the moment and focused. Yeah. And so one of the things Eckhart Tolle talks about is to pull yourself into the present is just to start naming things that are right in front of you, right? Like um, blue water bottle, Apple iPhone, um, you know, black road mic. And now you're pulling yourself into the present. Yeah. So I said that the exercise that you should do is that when you get up to bat, you should just have like a mantra where you say white ball, white ball, white ball, white ball, because that's all you're really focused on. And it keeps you from going into the past, going into the future, yeah. keeping you kind of in the moment of things, right? And like recognizing what's what's around you. So oftentimes, like I'm in my backyard and if I start to fantasize about things, I just go back into nature and I'm like, you know, blue plant, green tree, and try to pull myself back and center myself into the present. Yeah, Because well, in the present, you know, there really is, there is no pain, right? Like pain is either in the future because we're fantasizing about something that's going to happen. That's not going to turn out the way we want it to, or it's in the past about something that already happened and is gone.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and it's so funny because it's, um, for me, it's so pervasive. Like I live in my friggin' head. I mean, I think about, again, like I went to the store, I think this was new year's Eve. This is last year, last year's business, obviously, but and again because of uh media whatever you want to say everyone is masked up again no sign of saying require masks on the store so i'm not wearing something until they until they make me because i'm a i'm a patriot but uh but that being said i'm not immune to peer pressure and whatever so it's like i walk in everyone's wearing a mask and i immediately start getting like like on edge because i'm just i'm like waiting for one person to say something i'll go go ahead say something we'll talk about the bangladesh mass study i'll talk about the danish mass like i'm ready with my facts and this and that like i'm just i'm like so i'm kind of like amped up the whole time and then people are super friendly because we live in texas and people tend to be friendly and then there's like one thing where this guy like i think just like the woman at the store starts scanning my stuff and he's in front of me. He's like, Oh no, that's his. That's not mine or whatever. And he looks over and I'm just like, I did not like the way he looked at me or whatever. This Guys wearing a mask. I can't <laughs> even like really read his face. And then I'm like, I'm like, if this guy says something like, I'm just, and it made like the whole thing like this ridiculous, like, I'm like what am I going to do? Like beat this guy. Like this guy's like a probably 50 year old man who does not look like he <laughs> surrounds himself with the violent maniacs that I do. Like what, like what, what is wrong? You know what I mean? Like, and it turns the whole thing into this completely stressful, whatever thing. Cause like, there's almost this weird guilt of like, I really do not believe in certain things that I think a lot of the people around me believe. And I feel like there's an enormous amount of freedom and happiness from that. So why am I just not feeling free and happy in that moment? Because that's exactly how I feel, but I'm so defensive minded and waiting for someone to say something, do something, whatever And then I tell myself, well, I'm just being prepared. I'm just prepared for when things, I'm like, well, how often does this happen? Because it's been almost two years and no one outside of one time in a weird incident with me and my wife, no one has ever said anything to me about this stuff ever. So I'm going to let one sort of weird time out of hundreds of times make me so on edge that it's like, I'm going to be a miserable prick at the store. It's like, why, why am I, I don't want to, that's, I don't want to be that way anymore you're preaching to the choir and
1: anyone else that says that they've never done that or that they don't live in their own head i mean then they're just not being truthful
2: right And, and it's um i guess it's like i see the cost because then i think about that and like how it makes me uptight and then it makes me i'm not a confrontational person but it puts me in this mindset that i'm going to be if certain things happen and it's like then I and to, these certain things are all fantasies. They're all fantasies. And then it's like, you know, you start thinking about it from like a fighting point of view. It's like, well, dude, if you're expecting one thing to happen, something else happens. Now you're on the back foot. Now, like your whole preparedness strategy has to be being in the moment because every fight is different. You spar somebody every time it's different. And having the confidence to know. I think that's what it really comes down to is like it's, it's a new form of confidence. Um maybe in faith. I guess that's maybe the best way to say it. Um, And that is new for me. But I'm confident that I'll figure it out.
1: That is a good way to start 2022, my brother.
2: I think so. I think so.
1: I love it. This was a great conversation, my man. (laughs) To re-listen to this episode or to check out our past episodes, go to Apple iTunes, like, review, subscribe. Shout out to Robles, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. Nobody can be you better than you. Be authentic Robles, Yellow Pine Investments. They make custom warehouses just the way we make custom gis. Make sure you check them out. Also check out our boy Caleb Kalista, Sneaky Submissions, No Gi. Just dropped the uh, DVD not too long ago. Some really great content in there. Check out Steve Hordensky, Jiu-Jitsu on the go. And if you're in the Austin area, check out Chaparral Moving. They have Moving Down to a Science. IMO, that is my brother and my best friend in the world, Carter Fisk. We wish you guys nothing but the best in 2022, always. Thank you for listening.
2: Thank you guys.
0: That's it for this episode of the Jiu Jitsu of Life. Your hosts are Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. This podcast is brought to you by Rule makers of the world's finest custom Jiu Jitsu apparel. You can subscribe to the Robless newsletter to get the exclusive content at robless.com. You can find more episodes of this show on our website at thejujitsuoflife.com. And you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we wish you a great week, both on and off the mat.